Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. It's like such, you know, as God's people, we should be the most thankful because we know our creator, we know he's our provider, and there's a rest that comes and just a continual thanks because we are in the beloved. We are his children, and he takes good care of us. Amen? And so uh, Thanksgiving is always just a time of celebration, uh, of course, with family as well, but uh, I've got a focus and a, a direction. I want to go with it, and I just, I think it's going to bless, bless us all. It's blessing me, so if it doesn't bless you, well, I'll just get doubly blessed. But uh, I, I believe it well. It, it'll encourage you. But um, today I wanted to, to minister from the Word, and I've also got a, a, a testimony. We have, we have someone coming in to, to share a testimony. I'm not in person. They're coming through video. Praise God for technology. Amen? Because um, I was watching this this week, and I was just so blessed because I had heard this testimony when I went to Bible school in 1984. Yes, I was ancient. It was a long time ago. And an incredible, incredible transformation story. And you know, the one thing about Jesus, well, let's pull up this scripture. Let's go to Romans 1.16. Because this verse is just resounding in my spirit. And... Um, uh, is this the uh, NIV translation? Can we pull it up in NIV just because I, 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 I like it better? Not that this isn't, uh, isn't truthful, but um, just like the wording of it. Good news isn't the same as the gospel. I like the gospel. So um, anyway, this story, this incredible transformation story, um, was over, uh, it's been now over 60 years, I believe, that this person encountered God and got totally radically saved. And just recently, he was in, in uh, Washington. And for those of our, that are not aware, they had a, an event. It was called The Return. And it was a prayer rally on, in Washington. And it was on the, uh, the feast of uh, I don't know the name of the feast, but it, it basically is a time of repentance, that feast. It's one of the Jewish feasts. And they felt that it was a time to call America and the world back to repentance. So they were, they were hosting it there and simulcast, uh, you know, putting it out on the Internet all across. And there were people all over globally that were a part of this. And so... Um, uh, this was part of it. This guy shared his, his testimony. And why I was blessed is because this is over 60 years ago. The guy still is strong and on fire, and it's so real. And that's the power of the gospel. Amen? It doesn't dwindle. It doesn't fade. It doesn't uh, drop off. I'm not going to share uh, who it is because you'll see when you get to it. But it says here, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because, why? It is the power of of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Amen? 
So that power is coming to every single person who chooses to believe in Jesus and what he did. That power is coming. Pastor Sheila shared about Bill and Kathy in, in Tanzania. You know, people are like, oh, you know, in the midst of COVID, they, he, they went over to Africa. Yes, they did. <laughs> and, and so God's moving there, and he's doing things, and the gospel still has power, and people were being healed. People were being set free, and, and, and the gospel power never changes. As people receive it, his power comes. Amen? And it brings salvation. And that doesn't mean just being saved. It brings deliverance. It brings healing. It brings transformation change our whole life. Amen? We are continually being saved. Continually. And it says, that first of all, to the Jew and then to the Gentile. It's coming to all of us, though. Amen. So... This story, I'm going to actually, we're going to, we're going to look at this first, this, this testimony, because the one thing I love about testimonies, you can't argue with them. God did it. People are like, well, scientifically, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, this is what happened. Take it or leave it. God did it. Can't argue with what God did. And so this is an incredible transformation story of the power of the gospel. So can we pull it up? Are we ready? Um, I don't know if we want to turn these lights off just so we, we, it comes on better on the screen. But, um, Raised in New York City, educated in California, and confused in Colorado Spring, Colorado. Head straight to, to my life. I was born in Puerto Rico. Head straight to, to my life. I was born in Puerto Rico, raised in New York City, educated in California, and confused in Colorado Springs, Colorado. But one thing I, I have to say, that God has been so good to me and to my family, my wife, my daughters, my grandchildren. They have come from a curse into the highest majestic presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. When I was born in Puerto Rico, I didn't know nothing. The only thing I knew was the abuse. Many times, why did my mother went after my, my life, kick me, and many times I was breathing so heavily from my nose, split my lips kick me in my stomach until I fall unconscious on the floor, drag me to this room, it was dark, and there I was breathing so bad that I, that I didn't have no energy. And every time that I called my mother to give me a glass of water or give me some food, I heard her say, you a son of the devil. My mother was very deeply involved in black magic. My father was a satanic priest. And here was the environment. I wasn't the only one who was in the family. By the way, you're going to get surprised. I have 17 brothers and one sister. So my father really got it. He really got lots of love. But today, as I'm standing here, I began to flashback and say, is it something 
that is hard to explain. The thing that happened to me, it was that my mother beat me so much that I tried to commit suicide and hanging when I was nine years old, right there in a mango tree. And from there, things began to change. My mother told me right in my face and beat me up and told me, you are not my son. Get out of my face. I never want to see you again. You are a failure. You are son of Satan. I curse the day that I brought you into this world. This is my mother talking. This is my mother cursing me. And then that did it. That completely damaged me mentally, emotionally, physically. That the only alternative that I have it was to kill myself. What the heck I'm doing in this world? If this is, it's better to be dead than to be abused. It's better to know that, that there's nothing. I'm a failure. I'm, I'm no good for nothing. When you hear those words, that hurt. That hurt. And my life from there, I died. I died when I was nine years old. And I was waiting to be buried when I was 19 or 20 years old, right in a lonely street in Brooklyn, New York. And through all of these things, all what I did, I did a lot of things wrong. My hand was full of blood. I saw people die. I saw my best friend die. On, right in my arms, and there, no more, no more money, gone, history. And I knew that he was 17 years old, and I was hugging him. He was already dead, 32 staff on his chest, and I had to see this. And then after that, I was going wild in the street. New York City was like a jungle. In the jungle, there's so much thing that happen. An animal don't know the difference between right and wrong. The animal had to kill another animal so he can survive. So that was happened to me. Yes, my hand was full of blood. Yes, I received a lot of joy in hurting people because I was possessed with this anger and bitterness torn apart, and here I was in and out of jail, and yet the last time there is, because when I was in the last time in jail, I was put in, in this cell away from all, all the other people, and then from there I began to feel a lot of things. My mind, I smoked my mind, and I began to talk to myself just smoking a cigarette. As I spoke my mind, they already say, if you a man, why you behave like an animal? If you were an animal, how in the world you behave like a human being? There was no answer. But I remember when I was released. I remember when I was dealing with a psychiatrist for six months. And then Dr. Goodman told me, 
Nikki, there's a dark side in you that nobody can penetrate. You are walking straight to jail on the electric chair, Nikki. You are dead. And then it's happened. Out of the blue sky, this man came in with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you know, you're expecting to see Hercules. You expected to see somebody strong? No. It was a hillbilly, a hick. This guy, this, he, this suit that he had, he got a black suit, a white shirt, tiny, tiny tie. And then he was so skinny, skinny, skinny like a spaghetti. That was the man that God brought into my life. I hear this man some way, somehow, penetrate the war zone. And there he came to be abused, to be misused, to be cursed, to be in a way that we stole everything that he had, walking in the street without no shoes. He didn't give up, like many people give up. He was still there. And Yet, I went to heal this man, but I didn't went by myself. I took 75 guys for protection. <laughs> and we, dis we was going wild. And there's another 12 gangs, Wilkerson were naive. He invited 12 different gangs, enemy. And we was known by one of the worst gangs in New York City. We fought all, all the, the gangs, and not only that, but we declared war against the police because there was a boy that was killed. But you know when you're a criminal, you cannot escape. You got to lie. You become a good liar, and I became a good liar. And then I, I, I tried to, to say to myself, I'm a good man. No, I wasn't a good man at all. But then this guy, David Wilkerson, came in. I was with my girlfriend about three blocks down, and I heard this voice, a loud voice. And then I told my girl, come on, let's go. Because we used to have signals, you know. When I said, you come, you come, you understand? And all of these things that you do. And then my girl didn't want to come. So I told her, when I said, you come, you come, you understand? And then I don't have to say anything else. We start running together. There was about 300 people there. I heard this guy say, God had the power to change your life right now. And then when I heard that, I said, you shut up. There's no God. We are the people. We got the power. And nobody can come and penetrate us. So get out of this neighborhood. Then I started pushing the people. I want to see this guy. I want to see it. Then I just went and I pushed the people face to face with David. And I said, you, 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 skinny. What you doing here? Then I slapped him. I spit at him. I cursed him with every X word that you can find in the in the dirty vocabulary. And then, let me say this, then Wilkerson froze. When he froze, you can tell, because I was a streetwise, 
this guy, he can talk. Then, just like that, he opened his mouth and he said, I came over here, Nikki, to bring you a message from heaven. Nikki, Jesus loves you. And I just look at him and say, what's the matter with this guy? Then not only that, I push him and here he starts screaming at me. Kill me. Is that going to make you feel good? Kill me in front of these people. I know you can do it. Do it. And I say, wow. Whoa. This guy is a, it's a spooky. It's a stranger. Nobody told me to kill him. So he said, you go ahead. You can kill me in thousand pieces. And you can throw those pieces right there on the, on the street. But remember, Nikki, every little piece is going to cry out, Jesus love you, Nikki. And that was the thing that really changed the atmosphere. He got through my head. Do you know that? Everything, Jesus love you, Jesus love you, Jesus love you. For two weeks, Jesus love you, Jesus love you. I was sleeping here with my girl, Jesus love you, Jesus love you, walking the street, committing all kinds of hold up, Jesus love you, Jesus love you, fighting with the other gangs, and you go all the way out, and there's no guarantee that you're gonna come out, what you call a rumble. And then, I went to heal the preacher. And ladies and gentlemen, what a surprise. We walk in, there were 2,000 people there, 12 different gangs, and here I walk in, we interrupt the whole service. This poor girl tried to sing the song, she was beautiful, and we say, here baby, here, here, you can smoke this, and you can smoke this, and you can sing better. And then the poor girl, she didn't know what to do. She dropped the microphone, Wilkerson grabbed the microphone, and then, just like that, he started crying and crying. I said, what that guy doing, crying? Like a girl? You don't supposed to cry in front of people. But who knows the compassion inside of a, in a woman or a man? Well, let me tell you, that night, something beautiful happened. I wasn't expected. Then it seemed that the other gangs wanted to fight us. We were ready for the fight. And some way, somehow, God intervened. He helped David Wilkerson. And right there, he just said that Jesus Christ died on the cross. And he died for you. And it takes a lot of heart for anybody to give your life to Christ. And then I was thinking, wow, I never heard about Jesus Christ at all. And perhaps some of you, 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 you might be questioned if God is for real, or this is happened or not happened. But that night, that night, I, I went, and I remember very clear that when I went, I wasn't expecting this. My knees were shaking. There's something there, and like a rush wind came in, 
And that night, I wasn't expecting this. I fall on my knees. Nobody put me down. I went on my, my knees by myself. And I tell you this, I wasn't expecting. That, then I began to flash back. This is impossible. This is hate. I don't believe in this. What I'm doing. And I saw my friend Israel crying. And I said, what you doing crying? And then I was the one that just began to feel something tight my heart. I could not breathe. I went to my knees. And right there, there is Jesus Christ came into my heart. Jesus Christ totally changed me. That night, he showed me his love. He died for me, and I didn't know who Jesus Christ was. But you can never walk out from the presence of the Lord. You can never be that tough, because he handled every tough circumstances, every situation. And I went and I said, I don't know how to love. I don't know. I'm full of hate. Uh, help me, Jesus, for the first time. And I started screaming in front of my girlfriend and the other guys that came with me to give their heart to Jesus. And I just crying and crying. And there is. I say, if you really love me, help me. Help me, please. I don't know what is going on. And that day, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I surrendered myself. I repent for my sin and ask him to forgive me. And he did it. And you think, wow, yes, he did it. Because I changed my weapon for a Bible. And that day that I took my Bible, I never went back. I'm looking forward for the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm looking forward to bring that person to Jesus Christ. And he's going to do it. I'm going to leave you with this. I have been all over the world. I have spoke to millions of people. This guy with a, with, can you tell that I, got, that I have an accent? Why are you laughing at? <laughs> a sexy, sexy yeah. accent. I gave my life to Christ. And you know what Christ did? That he broke that curse of witchcraft completely. My mother gave her heart to Jesus Christ. She's in heaven with Jesus. My father gave his heart to Jesus. Cursed the darkness and received the light. 13 of my brothers gave their heart to Jesus. Three became minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm standing here knowing where I'm going, knowing what Christ has done. There's no way I've got one way to go, one ticket, not two ways, one ticket. And now I'm gonna do something. If Jesus changed Nikki Cruz, he can change you too. And I want you to know, right now, I cannot see you, the last of people here. 
So what? Some of you, you need Jesus. You need forgiveness. You need to forgive yourself for all the things that you have done. And you need help. And Jesus Christ can help you. He can heal your heart. He can kiss your pains away like he did to me. He will come if you call him right now. I don't see you, but in this moment, if you have been touched and you say, God, if you, if you touch Nikki, please help me. Touch me. I need help. I want you to raise your hands, whatever you are, regardless if I don't see you. And some of the sisters or brothers will put their arms around you with love. And you release yourself totally to Jesus Christ. Take the Bible in your hands and believe that Jesus can do it. Okay? Okay? Man, isn't that powerful? So powerful. And what I love about the, this, this account is it shows the two contrasts. It shows, you know, dark, dark, darkness. And then it shows, you know, if you know David Wilkerson, like he said, he was a hick. He was a skinny little good, goody two-shoes, basically. Grew up in a good home, never drank, never smoked. He never knew any of that. And yet he went and God called him to the darkest, one of the darkest places, New York at that time in 1960. And um, uh, just the other thing that you, we, he, of course, didn't touch on, I just want to give you a little bit of history. How many of you know of Teen Challenges? Well, David Wilkerson and Nikki Cruz started Teen Challenges, and they started with a home in New York back in 1960. And do you know currently, right now, and of course, th th that home, of course, brought the transformation of Nikki Cruz and, and many of the gangs. It, the, another, uh, another account that he, I want to just cover, when he got saved there at that meeting, the 300 of the gang members went to the police station with all their weapons, and they went walking in there, and the cops were ready to, of course, you know, attack them, thinking this was an attack, and they put all their weapons down, and they surrendered. And they, like, this has never happened, and it had never happened, of course, in the history of New York at that time. And he was a leader of one of the, the largest gangs and most powerful gangs. And so the power of the gospel can break that. Amen? And so they started Teen Challenge, and they began to work with lives and transforming them. And uh, my parents actually worked in Teen Challenge, so I'm very aware of, of what happens there. And it's powerful. But... Currently, there are over 1,400 teen challenges all across the world right now. Like We know of a few in Canada, but they're all across the world. God has, has raised them up from just this one testimony. And then, of course, Nikki Cruz and all of these things, the ripple effect of the power of the gospel. It starts with one, but it just keeps going and going and going. Amen? And that's what we, we, we need to realize. And, and I love this in the scriptures. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. Um, we're gonna, I'm just going to close with this and, and exhort us with this. Um, just build upon what we heard here. Because this is a reminder today. It's a reminder for all of us. In, in 1 Corinthians um, 1, verse, uh, we're going to start at verse 18. For the message of the cross 
is foolishness to those who are perishing. But, we saw that. We saw that with Nikki. But to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Amen? Doesn't matter how weak we feel in those moments. We are resting in that finished work. There is power there, even in our place of weakness. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Amen? The wisdom of the world said Nicky Cruz would not live, but he would die. He was under a curse, and he was on, 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 a, on a track, and his life was going to be destroyed. Right? Sixty years later, his life, through the power of God, amen, has brought transformation upon transformation upon transformation. And that's the power of the gospel. Amen? Unto salvation. That's the power of the gospel. It says here, for since in the wisdom of God, the world, though its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. A stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. We preach Christ crucified. One man, once and for all, died. Once and for all, destroyed the power of sin. Once and for all. Amen? And all we have to do is receive. All we have to do is receive and then walk in that to those that are around us and, and share that good news. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the, and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness, I love this, for the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. Amen? So in other words, when God's on one of his off days where maybe either he's foolish or he's, he's you know, forgotten a few things, he's still wiser than the greatest wisdom that is presented to us in all of history. Why? Because God knows the beginning and he knows the end. And true wisdom knows how to do the right thing at the right time and get the right result. And only a God who sees everything and knows everything can give us the right wisdom. Amen? He can properly weigh out everything. We're biased. Human wisdom, it's, it has bias. We, we, you know, we all lean towards certain aspects and certain things that we, we think, oh, this will work, this will work, but we didn't consider something. But our all-wise knowing God knows the perfect thing. Amen? So even on his weakest day, he's still wiser than all of us. And I love this. And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. So even on God's weakest day, he's still stronger. Amen? Brothers and sisters, this is what he's getting us to do now. He says, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. 
Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. So that, and this is why, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Amen? And we're just going to look at this in 2 Corinthians, or, or in, verse, in chapter 2. And so it is with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, and I, this is what I want to exhort us with as believers. We don't have to have it all together. In fact, um, Paul is saying here, I didn't come to you with eloquence or human wisdom. I didn't come to you having it all put together. I didn't come with that whole motivation. He says here, I didn't come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He rested in the finished work of the cross. How many can do that? How many can just pause and rest in that finished work of the cross? That is enough. That is enough. And he says here, I came to you in weakness and with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest in human wisdom, but on God's power. Amen? What do we need? What we need is to rest in the finished work of the cross in every situation we go to. It doesn't matter if we're walking into it. We're walking into a lot of unknowns right now. There's a lot of things changing. There's a lot of things that are opposing even the things of God. And for various reasons. But it doesn't matter. How many know God is greater than those things? And he has given us power to walk into those situations and to do the right thing. To speak the right thing. To be a demonstrator of his power. Whether it be us just stand in that situation and, and uphold who he is. Whether it's to speak a word like, like David Wilkerson did. I mean, I don't think he knew those words to speak when he was confronted. But the Holy Spirit gave him those words. And that love spoke what was needed. Amen? And we got to stop wondering, oh, I didn't take enough classes on this, and I don't know how to witness properly, and oh, I didn't take much of this. And it's all about what? You and me when we, when we think that way. It's us thinking, I didn't get this, I didn't get that. It's like he doesn't care. Rest in Christ. Rest in what is already done. It's enough. Amen? Not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation for all those who believe. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it more than I have ever believed it. And I want to walk in that even more. 
He says, we do, however, speak a, a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. And none of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, it is written, what no eye has seen what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love him these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit amen so we're not we are never ever going to get what God has for us by mental reasoning and by rationalizing everything we have to receive it by the Spirit of God, by faith. And we receive it as we rest in what Jesus has done. His Spirit bypasses everything that is against us, including our own minds many times. Amen? How many have had the Spirit of God interrupt your thought, and it's like, boom, he gives you something, and it's like, boom. It totally breaks that, totally changes that. Why? Because the Spirit of God comes from heaven, and he bypasses everything that could be against us. And he says here, God's prepared those things, and he's revealing them to us by his Spirit. It says, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of who is from God. And I, and I want to end with this, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Amen? That we may understand what God has freely given us and just receive it. You know, I was thinking of this. I was going through all kinds of things where God takes the foolish things. I was thinking of the church in China, the church in China, the church in Korea, Many of these places where women are, are, are uh, basically not valued in those cultures. God is raising up in the underground church. Two-thirds of the leaders are women. And they are strong, strong, strong leaders. Powerful in God. Makes no sense. In India, in many of these cultures where women, again, are pushed aside... The gospel is re they're reaching them, and they are becoming these strong, powerful women of God that are encountering Jesus, and he's changing their lives. He takes the foolish things. He takes the things that are discarded, that are put aside. And I want to challenge us. Let's not look down at those things, but let's see that God has opportunities over and over and over again. When we see the really hard cases, when we see the things that are, wow, this is like impossible. Great! The power of the gospel can change that. God on his weakest day can handle that. Are you here? <laughs> That's the gospel. That's the power of the gospel. And all we have to do is believe it. Oh, I, I don't know if I've got enough. I just don't know if I have enough faith. We all have faith. The Bible says each person's been given a measure of faith. It's how you're using it. You have a measure. We all have a measure. Sometimes we misplace our faith. We have more faith 
in what the devil can do than what God can do. It's still faith. It's still faith. You have faith in the opposite direction of God. It's still faith. I don't call it unbelief. It's, it's faith in the wrong direction. Because when we say unbelief, we seem to think, oh, there's, there's no faith there. No, there's faith in unbelief. It's, it's in the opposite direction of God. And you have the ability to turn it back to God. You, we all have the ability to turn something that is going in the wrong direction with God's power we can go in the right direction. Amen? That's who I want to be. I don't want to be ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Amen? So I want to encourage you today, those of you online as well, that today you can believe. Today you can choose to believe what Jesus has done for you and simply receive it. And let's be encouraged that we have that powerful message to bring to everyone around us every day. There's many opportunities all the time that God gives us. And let's let the power of that gospel work through us. Amen? So that we can boast in the Lord and what he has done. Amen. Well, Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.